think we could go on and on. <laughs> we had plenty. It's just to record you. Yeah, appreciate those thoughts. That's a good, uh, good thoughts to uh, to think about. So I uh, I've known Samson and Lester for some time. Don't know the rest of you, but uh, yeah, good to be here and see you anyhow. Even if I don't know you, I I should. I should tell you that my grandma was a Lester, was a Zare from Ellen County, and and Dad says that we are related somewhere, about yeah. third cousin or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my grandma Zare, well, she was born in 1898, so it's been a few years back. Uh, but Grandpa would drive his horse and buggy from Shipshawana, I think, down here when he was courting Grandma. Wow. <laughs> and they got married in 1916, so if you think about it, that was, he was coming down here about 1915, I suppose. And there was a livery stable in Cherubusco. He'd stop and rest his horse and feed it and water. And sometimes they actually spend the night there and then finish the next morning. So that was that was like a long time ago. I mean, that, that was uh, that was before cars. That was before cars. In fact, he he bragged that there were some Model Ts on the road. He had a good horse that he could pass a Model T <laughs> on a dirt road. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I like thinking about those. I like hearing those old stories. Uh, there's just something unique about thinking about my grandpa driving a horse and buggy down here and over a hundred years ago. Yeah. Well, good to be here with you. I I just pulled a, a message out of my file. Uh, Last year, 21, preached through the book of Colossians, had some help from my fellow pastors. And uh, I, I was just kind of looking through some of those messages and I thought, well, I'll, I'll take this one. So I don't know. I hope it's, hope it's something that, uh, well, all scripture is, is profitable, right? Mm-hmm. It's all profitable. So, I invite you to turn to Colossians chapter 1. Just a little background on the church at Colossae. When Paul was writing this letter to them, the church was perhaps 7 to 10 years old at the time. Fairly young church. But Paul is in prison in Rome, somewhere between 60 and 63 A.D., and it appears that, from what he writes, that Epaphras came to Paul in Rome to and brought a report about what was happening at this young church in Colossae. And Paul writes them a letter. And he addresses some issues in the letter, um, 
concerning circumcision, dietary laws, asceticism, mysticism, and worship of angels are just a few of the things that he addresses in his letter. Um, I'd like to look today at verses 9 through 11. It's, it's part of Paul's prayer for the Colossians. Um, but first of all, I'd like to just start in chapter in verse 1 of chapter 1. And I'm going to read from my notes here. And, and I have these notes in, uh, in the New King James. Colossians 1, 1. <clears throat> Excuse me. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. And then notice in these next two verses, there's three, three words um, that I think are significant. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of your love for all saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister in Christ on your behalf, who has declared to you, to us, your love in the Spirit. That triad of words there, faith, love, and hope. And of course, if you go to 1 Corinthians 13, uh, end of that chapter, Paul writes about those, the faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. But that is foundational. For all of us, there needs to be faith. And, and because of faith, there is hope. But that is worked out in love for our fellow saints. So I, I see this introduction that Paul writes here to the Colossians um, of recognizing the fact that they did have faith, that they did have love, and that they did have a hope. Um, but then he goes on and, and gives his prayer. Uh, and I like to look at the first part of that prayer there in verses 9 through 11. Colossians 9, 1 verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And I often wonder, Paul writes that so often that he's praying constantly for all the church as well. Do not cease to pray for you and to ask, and look at, there's, there's three things that I want to look at in these three verses. That you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, 
for all patience and long suffering with joy. So there's a number of things that we could get out here, but I'm going to pick on three of these things. Filled with all the knowledge of His will, walk worthy of the Lord, and strengthened with all might. Those are three things that I'd like to just look at. It's a prayer that Paul gave for the Colossians, and as I looked at those things, it's a prayer that I think is worthy for us to pray for everyone. Um, to to pray for our fellow believers and and to bring encouragement to you here this morning in this congregation. I think this is a, a follow-up to faith, hope, and love. Why is why is Paul's request these three? Why does he pray these three things for these believers? I, I think truly that that faith and the resulting hope and love, while that is a, a part of every believer, a person that comes to Christ, those are always under attack. Satan attacks our faith. He, he attacks our love. He at, and, 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 there, and therefore our hope. And so... We can't just say, well, I'm a person of faith, therefore I have hope, and I, I love, and, and we can rest on that. No, I don't believe so. I believe that Paul always encourages, if you read his letters, encourages people to go on in their faith, to go on in their love, to go on in their hope. Um, and... And the reason for that is because, as, as we were instructed her a bit ago, is we can become sidetracked. Our faith... Well, let me just put it this way. I've done, I've done a good bit of study, church history study, um, and has to do a lot with... Uh, teaching Anabaptist history at our high school. I've done that every three years. For, I think this past year was the fourth time I've done it. And, and you always, you start back with early church history and you go through the Middle Ages and what happened in church history. And, and the church really got, got off. They just, they just got away from, from truth um, quite drastically. Uh, and and in studying those things, I'm thinking, how in the world could people who who had the Bible, and I realized that common people didn't have the Bible, but their leaders only had them, uh, and it was written in Latin, and and they were the only people that could understand it. I realized that, but still, their leaders had the scriptures. How could they get so far off? Uh, and then you have to remind yourself, now wait a minute. <laughs> We're no different. We can, get, we can get so far off. And as I read church history, and, 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 and sometimes I think, well, you know what? Some of this is modern history. Some of it's, it's happening today. And we heard a little bit about the prosperity gospel. And, and yeah. Uh, sure, you can go to Scripture and, and pick out some verses that would see God wants to bless you, you know, uh, 
Well, sure, he does, of course. There's much more to it than that. Um, and and being, being an Anabaptist, I um, take special note, perhaps, of, of what's happening in the Anabaptist world. Um, and I have a, 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 a Anabaptist friend, um, who I, I say a friend, acquaintance, I consider him a friend. Um, done a lot of, had a lot of interaction with him because of the job site. Um, I do plumbing, and I used to plumb for Habitat for Humanity, and he was superintendent of Elkhart County. And, and we started talking, and, and wow, this is Aaron. <laughs> and we, we, just, we just discovered that we approach Scripture completely differently. Uh, and, and it just uh, was amazed how, how wow, yeah, Scripture is just not true. I mean, stories that God wanted us to have, but there, there was no creation, there was no Jonah, there was no flood, there was just blah, 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 on down the line. And I said, man, well, how do you know there was a crucifixion? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, seriously. I'm getting, I'm getting on a bunny trailer. I apologize. Uh, I should stick to my notes. I stick with my message, right? Uh, anyhow, just the point that is that we need to, we can't just say I'm a person of faith, I'm a person of love, and I have hope, and rest on that. No, there is places to go. People, There's areas to conquer in our lives. So the first one here is that you be filled with the knowledge of His will. What is God's will? As we read Scripture, um, we, can, we can determine what that is. It's a phrase that, that is repeated often in Scripture. Um, let me just pick out a couple of them here. Uh, Jesus said this in John 17, 3 in His high priestly prayer, and this is eternal life, that they may know You, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom You have sent. Paul writes this in Philippians 3, verse 8. Yet, we just read that a little bit ago, didn't we? Yet indeed, I count all things for loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Count them as rubbish. This is New King James, that I may gain Christ, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. And then in Ephesians 1, he writes this, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of Him. Peter writes similar things. Peter, 2 Peter 2, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. And in verse 3. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called you by glory and virtue. In verse Chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. So it's important. How do we, how do we grow in our knowledge of His will for us? It's pretty basic. <laughs> Read the Scriptures. Read the Scriptures. Uh, it's there. The Holy Spirit, of course, interprets those Scriptures to us and, and instructs us, um, but always what the Holy Spirit says always lines up with Scripture. Uh, when I 
when I prepared this message in February a year ago, I had just read an article that Terrell Yoder, pastor at home, had, had written, um, and he'd written it, written it for the, uh, it was in the Reaching Out magazine. I'm not sure if he actually wrote it for Reaching Out magazine. But it was, it was, it was a, a, uh, I think it was entitled something about a word from the Lord or something. And the, the, Terrell's burden was, you know, we hear a lot of people saying today, I had a word from the Lord. And the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. Uh, and sometimes it's like, no, wait a minute. The word of the Lord, you know. Um, Barbara, I used to be in his shop quite a bit. Um, he met this wonderful woman at a Bible study. And he divorced his wife and married her. Because she was such a wonderful woman that he met at a Bible study. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. That might have been that might have been a word, but it was not a word of the Lord. I can tell you that because it, because we can read that in Scripture. Um, so, uh, so yes, the knowledge of His will. Read Scripture. Read. Let let the Holy Spirit interpret Scripture to you. And I and I realize that that yes. Um, there, there will be some variation of in, interpretation of Scripture. I, I realize that, um, but the basic principles of Scripture. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a quote that my I've heard my dad say a few times, and I don't know who he's quoting, so I apologize. Um, but whoever he was quoting uh, said this: that you know. It doesn't bother me the scriptures that I can't understand. That's not a big problem. He said the problem is the scriptures that I do understand. You understand? You know, there is some clear instruction in scripture. And you know, that old carnal flesh rises up. We know this is right. I'll be honest. I sometimes go over here. And I have to repent. Wait a minute. No. It's the scriptures that I do understand that we often struggle with. But, filled with the knowledge of His will, read the Bible. Read to understand. Read and pray. Commune with God. Um, so, so, so basic that we do that. And we, and we discover God's will for us. And then we can grow. We can continue to grow. Secondly, he says in verse 10 that you would walk worthy of the Lord. That's a phrase that Paul repeats in a number of his letters. Ephesians 4, verse 1, Therefore, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you walk worthy of the calling which you have called. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 12, that you would walk worthy of God who has called you into his kingdom. Um, walking worthy, um, when you... When I read those words, there's just a little bit of nervousness. Um, how can I walk worthy of Christ Jesus? Um, because I, I, I don't, I don't exemplify Christ all the time in everything I do. I try, um, but I find myself short of that. But there has to be in every believer's heart 
every one of our hearts, there has to be a consciousness that I am representing Jesus Christ to the world around me. And that when I take his name, I call myself a Christian, a small a, a, a follower of Christ, that I exemplify him uh, to those around me. You know, there's uh, sometimes uh, you might hear of a, of a sports figure that uh, messed up somehow and the team throws them off, they throw them off their team because they, they don't want that person associated with their name. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll pitch him out. Um, that can happen to, to a police officer. Um, he doesn't walk worthy of his, of his, uh, of his calling, of his job. Uh, and and they will get rid of them uh, because they're not worthy of their position. And you and I are challenging, Paul is challenging us to be conscious. We're representing Christ to the world. Walk worthy of that name. Walk worthy of that name. And I, you know, we don't do that in our own strength. Um, we, we need God's strength for that. But it's never an excuse to say, well, I can't. I can't be Jesus Christ perfectly. It's never an excuse. No. In your best, to the best of the ability that God gives you, that you walk worthy of the Lord. Uh, and we represent Jesus Christ to the world around us. And that is Paul's prayer. Uh, he says, being fruitful in all good works. Uh, Good works. I just recently had a pretty good discussion with a, a young woman that's coming to our congregation um, about faith and works and how they work together. Um, but the setting that she comes from uh, works is, a, is, is basically their salvation. And explaining that that works must come as a result of our faith. The good things that we do must come as a result of our faith. You can never do enough good works to save yourself or to to earn points with God. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. Um, so anyhow, as we went through a lesson. I wish I, I would remember the lesson we did. I wish I would remember the true and false question that was in there. And, and the, it, I think it was something to do with, um, with good works being um, necessary for, for salvation, I believe, or something like that. And she was struggling with that question. And I said, I know the answer to that question. It's, it's just, that's, that's false. But good works will flow from a person who has faith. It will flow from our lives. But never the cart before the, never good works in order to earn points with God or to impress others that... Uh, and you can tell the difference. You, you, you just can. 
When, when you see a person that it just flows from his life, you know it's genuine, and you know they're not out there trying to impress people by what they're doing. But when you see a person that, that uh, is doing all kinds of good things to try to impress others, you just kind of, okay, all right. Jesus said they have their reward. It's right here. So we increase in the knowledge of God and that we can be found fruitful in good works and that uh, we walk worthy of the calling which, which we have been called. And the third point there is in verse 11, strengthened with all might. I tell you what, um, if, if I want a prayer for that, that that's a prayer that I want. Uh, occasionally, uh, my wife Deborah here, uh, we have a little morning time together, and and uh, usually we take turns praying. Not always something like that. <laughs> but she'll often pray uh, that God would strengthen me. And uh, wow, what more could I want for? And God would strengthen me. Strength to fight temptations. Strength to have good attitudes. Strength to love people that grind me. You might have a people in your life that grind you. Uh, I do. Um, there's people that are hard to love. Strength to love those people. Strength to choose to do right. We need that strength. And that strength is not unlimited. I mean, it's not limited. It's unlimited. According to His glorious power. How powerful is God? How powerful is Jesus? That strength does not come from my own determination. Yes, Yes, we, we, uh, we beat our bodies into subjection, as Paul says. But that power needs to come from Christ. It needs to come from the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I firmly believe that as we pursue God, as we pursue who He is, the knowledge of His will, and we um, apply that knowledge uh, to our daily walk, and then we cry out for that strength that it comes. Uh, we all know those times when we feel that victory and we say, Yes. You know, the Christian life is not a hundred yard dash, it's a marathon, it's, it's a long term thing, um, and it takes strength. We have a a uh, younger man in our church. I used to think he's a young man, but he's probably close to 40 now. Um, that has trained his physical body for years. And he participates in these Ironman competitions. If you want an Ironman is, an Ironman competition is, it's a 2.4 mile swim. It's a 112-mile bike ride and a 26.2-mile run. 
Now, I couldn't do any of those. <laughs> uh, trying to think of swimming 2.4 miles. Now, the 112-mile bike ride I could probably accomplish. Just give me some time. Uh, but a 26-mile run, and, and he's, he does it very successfully. In fact, he's often placed pretty high in his age group uh, in these things. But he trains. He trains. He trains his body. And he will often jump on a bike and just ride bike for miles and miles. Jump in the lake and swim. Uh, he gets, he, he trains his body. He, he strengthens his body. And, and I know that, that the strength of Jesus Christ for our spiritual bodies, it comes from Him, but it also comes from conditioning. It comes from conditioning. It comes from making the right choices over and over. It comes from being diligent. It comes from, being, from studying. And Paul's prayer was that, that they would be strengthened. Why? Because he knew that for the people at Colossae, just like for you and I, we have an enemy who comes against us. We have a flesh that comes against us. Paul knew that. That you would be strengthened. Because we face temptations, we face trials, we face adversities, we face difficulties. And... As I said, Christian life is not just a hundred yard dash and done. It's, it's a long, it's a marathon, it's a long term thing, and we need strength day after day after day because we have an enemy of our soul. And then he says, with joy. With joy. I like that because. Craig, the fellow I just described from our congregation, he loves these irons. He has fun. It would be, it would be an awful thing for me. <laughs> but he enjoys it. Oh, he just enjoys it. And, 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 the, and I love that picture because I, I really think that that is what Christ wants for us, that He strengthens us for the long term, that as we face those battles and we see those things come in our lives and, and we win those victories or we get up from those defeats, that we learn to do so with joy. It's not a picture of grit my teeth and I'm going to make it. But no, that, we're, that we, that Christ is in us and we're in for the long haul, and we're in there, and we're doing it with joy. Uh, I think attitude has so much to do with success. Um, yes, being a follower of Christ, as, as our brother said a little earlier, the world will hate us. Um, it's not a picnic. And yet... When we know, when we have the peace that Christ is with us, that He's for us, that He's wanting us to victory, there, there, is, there is joy that comes with that. Um, 
It's a mindset. Joy is a mindset. Well, I, uh, I apologize. I think I, I don't even know what time it is. I don't, did I preach very long at all here? Sorry, Lester. Um, I, I didn't, didn't. Yeah, anyhow. Paul's prayer for the, for the Colossians is, let's just read it one more time. For this reason we also, verse 9, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthen all with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Let's pray together. Father God, I just thank you and praise you for who you are and who you want to be in our lives. Thank you for salvation through Christ. Thank you for the hope we can have because of the life we have through Jesus. And I pray for each person here in this room today. Father, I know that that you... Uh, will be with us. You will you will guide us as we as we turn our hearts to you as we seek you. But God, I pray that you would help us to to uh, indeed uh, dig in to the knowledge of your will. That we would apply that knowledge to our lives each day. That we would be um, walk worthy of the calling that you have called us with, that we would represent Christ to the world around us and that we would be strengthened with might by your glorious power. Thank you. Direct us, Father, I pray that we could just be um, the vessels that you can use here on this earth as you, the time you give us. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.